Welcome to Next in Nonprofits. I'm Steve Boland, and I am very pleased to be joined today by Corey Harnish, partner at Fun Funding. Corey, thanks so much for taking the time. Absolutely. It's, it's a pleasure to be here, Steve. I'm looking forward to this, this dialogue. I was not familiar with your work with Fun Funding before you reached out to explain a little bit more about the project, uh, how it got started, what you're doing. But I'm going to guess that maybe there are other people out there that also don't know much about it yet. So can you just begin by telling us a little bit about your work? What is Fun Funding? Yeah, of course. Um, When we touched base, it was really awesome for me to see you had shared this article on gamification from like 2014 or something like this that you put together. Um, and this was like right around the same time I started stepping into gamification. So I enjoyed the resonance straight out the gate, as I could say. Um, but but for me, before just really quickly, I, I'm coming from a social behavior change background. So I've really been motivated to help people get maybe more involved in charitable giving or contribution or growing in their personal goals, whether that's professionally, socially. Um, and so I've really turned to technology as a tool to help with this behavior change. And so when we speak about fun funding, we're doing this primarily with the goal of helping create more engagement around charitable causes um, and making it a fun experience. And so the, the primary objective of fun funding is that we create these teams where you would join a team, choose a nonprofit that you want to support, um, And then the idea is that you start inviting your friends, family, other supporters of that nonprofit to come join and play with you. And the way it works is we run tournaments, maybe a week long, maybe four days long, where during this tournament, you're playing a collection of mobile games. And by playing these games, you're earning points for your team. And at the end of the tournament, the teams that have the most points, just like in a traditional tournament, are receiving sponsored donations for their nonprofit partner. So how did you come up with this particular mechanism to engage people? Because the idea of uh, a competition, having a good time to raise money for a charity isn't completely unheard of. I mean, there are neighborhood trivia nights at the local pub or similar things like that where you may be having uh, engagement, but it's not uh, something that could be supported remotely as opposed to this idea of using technology that most people have in their pockets uh, that are able to engage in this game activity while uh, at the same time thinking about how there might be some financial support for the nonprofit involved? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a good question. Um, What I can say here is I had joined Rafi Amit, who is the founder, and he had this idea of using games to inspire social action. And one of the questions that really stuck with him that resonates with a lot with me was, the example of a coffee. Let's imagine you were going into a Starbucks to buy a cup of coffee that costs two fifty, um, and the cashier said to you, "Hey, would you want to buy this coffee just as is, or do you want to buy this coffee and have part of your money go to support a charity?" And so, with that essence in mind, uh, a lot of the people would choose the latter, where you can pay the same amount and have a portion of that money go to charity. And so, playing with that idea. Um, came the discovery of like, how can we use normal everyday activities as a way to add a layer of impact, such as channeling money to charity. And so we came to games because games is something people are doing all the time, whether you're a middle schooler and you're bored in class, 
you're an adult and you're looking for some space for your thinking while you're at the workplace or just on your commute to work. Um, so so we the idea was that we can make doing good a part of your everyday activity where you didn't have to go out of your comfort zone, let's say, and actually show up to a location and volunteer. You could be it just on your phone playing. Um, and, and the one really beautiful thing about fun funding is it, it isn't just games. So right now, tournaments are structured around games. But the way fun funding is designed is that we could partner with other apps or software, such as, let's say, a meditation app or a learning language app. So now by learning a language or um, meditating, you can actually be earning points through the fund funding system, which then correlate to supporting your charity and receiving donations. There are so many places to go with the rest of that conversation, because I want to ask you about the motivating factors that keep people engaged in games. You know, the, the concept of gamification. Mm that you know human animals are um, responding to this reward system for a reason and that we can add that level of community engagement to it and really add more value to it than just other response mechanisms but it's important i think to understand the mix of those two things and how indirectly or directly it's building from one to the next but how do you help a charity understand that hitting those reward centers is a different type of engagement in the work that you're trying to get them to. I mean, yes, you can send them an email and ask if they would you know, support your cause, <laughs> uh, but the, the engagement that they're getting from using this tactic is just very different, and many charities may not be aware of that. So how do you help them see and understand that? Yeah, what I, what I can say here is like the, the three pillars that show up for me are this idea of like autonomy, contribution, and community. And so we were playing with these concepts within the creation of fund funding being that autonomy is you can choose one of the few games that we have. So there's not just a one size fits all of how you have to contribute to your charitable partner. You could pick and play a different game that matches you. Um, contribution in this factor is that you determine how long you want to play for by playing a longer time or even more so inviting your community to come and play for a chair for your charity partner you're contributing by bringing new eyes to that charity who might not have saw it before and you're also contributing by bringing more quote-unquote like human resources to have your team win um and then the biggest is that that contra the community element, like playing for something bigger than you. You're no longer just playing this game because you're bored or you want to have that excitement of a game and winning, um, but you're actually getting to have an impact on something larger than yourself. And, and what's been really interesting has been within testimonials from past users in that they don't really speak about the fun of the game or what, what, what was really enjoyable for them socially. They talk about the fact that they really liked fun funding because it allowed them to play and support something local to themselves. So, so for me, this is really nice to see that you would think people would speak about the games and why this was fun, but in reality, the games were just a vehicle to get them to make that larger community impact. But the way that humans interact with these games and that sort of leveling up reward system right. keeps them coming back in a way different from uh, they might otherwise do. 
you know, if I lost a loved one to a disease, for example, I may have done a fundraising event or a fun run or something like that because I have a personal connection mm. to that cause. And that's great. But this idea of these tools connecting us to that in a different way, it's something that works for us as humans to have that reward system connection to that community-based work at the same time that we're having fun, that we're having a really good time. I mean, I could support that cause by sending another email out, sure, but you know, this is fun, so why not have an opportunity to have fun? <laughs> but I do think it's another tool that charities have to bring to the table that makes it easier for them to connect with those audiences, to have a positive experience interacting with that charity and that mission, that human level of engagement in an activity that we're having a good time with. We want to learn why this tool works that way, different from how you reach people. Yeah, you, usually there is a little bit of like um, onboarding or tutorial, if you will. And, and I think a lot of the insight comes once we can share the platform and they could see how it works and how engaging it actually becomes once you're inside. Um, but there, there is that, well, sometimes we get the thoughts like initially that, hey, we don't have a community of people who play games, so this isn't for us. And what's interesting is it's been a lot of non-gamers that are actually the ones that are really enjoying fun funding because the type of uh, experiences we're giving people are just simple kind of like Candy Crush style games where they're, it's not grandiose, it's something that's very approachable and they're quick gameplay. So you do have that reward factor where really quickly you're on to the next level and you want to beat your your team score you want to get a higher level um, and so sometimes i share examples of past tournaments like one that's coming to mind now is um, we were doing a tournament for a, a global conference and one of the team leaders who was running um, latin america region she had shared with me that she was really having fun with one of the games and so the way for her to motivate her team to play was she kept taking snapshots of her high score and challenged her team like, hey, can you guys beat me? So rather than focusing on the team versus team spirit, like, hey, we're in third place, let's beat these other teams. She brought the competitive spirit to her community and said, hey, this is what I did. Can you contribute more than me? Right. And any level of participation is really fun. People are still having a good time. It's not like it's only people that have the screenshot of the super cool thing exactly. are having a good time. I think that's one of the nice things about the slate of games that you're presenting here, at least the games that are available right away. I do want to talk a little bit about the games themselves, because I will link to a different conversation I had at a different podcast uh, in the show notes a game from Islamic Relief uh, called Virtue Reality. And their decision was to build an entire game around their nonprofit mission. It was super fun, but really expensive and time-consuming. Mm. It is not something that most charities are going to want to uh, invest that time and energy into. There may be some specific use cases where that makes sense. It's important to bring in the elements of our mission into the game. But I think it doesn't necessarily have to be this real mission-related type of thing for a game to be fun and to engage people. So the slate of games that you decided to launch with, these um, HTML5, fairly simple uh, games that are out there, very engaging, 
But without getting too deep into the technology behind it, can you talk about the decision to go with that fairly universal, easy to access series of games? Yeah, absolutely. So like, for instance, one of them, uh, one of the games is just a Tetris. So um, no mission oriented elements to this very general game that most people already know of or have played before. Um, we have this, there's a game called Color Pin where you get these little colored circles um, and there's a wheel spinning in the middle of the screen and your goal is to throw the circle onto the color of that wheel that matches you. So very intuitive gameplay or um, one of them's called Tower Mania where it's like a one of these runner games where you're just going through a course and you have to dodge different items that are coming at you. Uh, what you were alluding to in some of the mission-driven games, uh, we call these more serious games. So there is a purpose beyond gameplay. There's some kind of educational element that we want to teach you through those games. Um, and fun funding can work with those sort of games. But because our intention is to focus on the engagement factor and, and bringing that um, reward-based activity to the charity sector, we, we, we intentionally chose these as you alluded to, the HTML5 games that are quick and generalized. So this way, anybody can come and play and support, and they don't have to come with the intention of learning more about a mission or going through these very intricate levels to, to learn, per se. I think one of the really interesting things about that choice is that there's no install required of the user. There's no question of, does this work with my phone operating system? Is it available in my app store? Any mobile device that's capable of running the web, which is pretty much all of them these days, is capable of playing these games. It's not something where you need to create a download and set in right. a username and spend a lot of time having to set it up. It's a link and it just starts to work. Yeah, this is my favorite element of it as well, because in my past, I've designed some gamified systems around like helping youth in classrooms do social emotional learning activities and participate in real life acts of kindness, let's say. But there was an app that had to be downloaded. There was an onboarding experience. And so naturally, this is like a deterrent for why somebody would want to come and join. But with fun funding, it's literally just a website link. We call it a play link. And so when you receive this, you click it and you're automatically on your charity's team. And straight away, you can choose the game and start playing. So uh, it's very seamless. And the other piece that's really interesting is we find out that um, as soon as people join, they understand right away that they can invite new players. And what they're doing is they're taking their play link and they're sharing it in text messages. They're taking it and adding it on their social media page with something just as simple as, hey, come join this game with me and help support my charity. And then they put the play link. Um, so it's really versatile. Really easy to use from the player's perspective and really easy to get started. I've played a couple of these to just understand them a little bit and you can really play for just 20 seconds or 30 seconds learn a little bit about how the game works and be ready to come back to it when you have a little bit more time. I can pick up that same game later and try again with some other things. Or I can spend time trying to improve the scores that I've already gotten in that same game if I'm just having a really good time with it. So a great time from the user's perspective and from the 
charity's perspective, you know, people are having a good time, which is great. But part of the idea is to spread the word and help people understand more about the mission and share that. Right. They also want to raise a little bit of money. So there's a question now of how do they get some revenue? How do they see their share of that? So you mentioned sponsors as one way that this can get paid for. So the charities get some share of those sponsors, but how does that happen? Um, how do they decide if they want to bring some sponsors in for their games, how they work with you, or if you want to work with sponsors and bring that opportunity to them, how does that part function? Yeah, so, so there's a few different angles here. Sometimes we run public tournaments where any nonprofit can jump in, play, um, and have access to the prize pool at no cost. And this is because on fun funding side, either we're sponsoring that tournament or we've brought in a sponsor. Um, there have been situations where we've, let's say, worked with a um, nonprofit ecosystem and designed a tournament just for nonprofits within that, whether it was a foundation or a blog site. And so in here, there is opportunity where we could collaboratively approach a sponsor to pull in for that group. Um, and I think, Steve, you and I spoke about this last time we talked, but there is even that world where, let's say in a public tournament, we have a nonprofit that has access to a sponsor. We could work with that nonprofit as a way to have the sponsor just be for that team. So let's say Team Tigers, I don't know, has a really good relationship with the sponsor. And so we could help them set up a relationship where if the Tigers place in the tournament, the sponsor will match the donations that they're receiving from the tournament itself. So does the mechanism allow for individuals to contribute through the game or is it really just focused on the sponsorship and that's how the fundraising part of this work happens and that's how it's been established? We work with the nonprofits and inside fund funding, there's always a place for um, adding like a link to learn more as a player. And so if you're on the team, let's say for um, you're playing for AIDS Foundation, you can go on your fund funding page where you click the games and there's uh, an external link that you would click and it would send you to AIDS Foundation page. And usually that's where we are advising nonprofits to put their donation link. So this way, somebody who has come and played with you for three days really likes what's going on, is excited, feels like you gave them an experience. So now they want to give back with some monetary donation, um, this link would allow them to do that. So part of what we talk about in the charity world of connections is that that first hook. So part of it may be that they came to this event, this fun thing, because their friend invited them and they don't know much about the charity yet, but they're excited about it. And then they may share their link with a different friend mm -hmm. and they may not know anything about that organization or their mission yet. So is there a way for that charity that once this tournament is over and people have had a good time to reach out to those players to try to engage with them about the work of the charity, see if they can build a relationship with that person, get them to be a longer term uh, supporter of the work? Is there a mechanism there in the game that allows for people to be able to make that connection or is it sort of reliant on the player afterwards to think that they were interested in to go to a website or make some other connection with the charity to learn more. Yeah, that, that's an awesome point. Uh, and it's something our product team is looking to see how to do. Right now, we don't do this because um, we would be taking users' data and we're very sure. 
particular how we handle that. Um, but it is something of interest because th this is one of the pillars of fund funding in that we can bring in new audiences that weren't going to traditionally come see your charity in the beginning. So now that they came and played, how do we re-engage them? Um, sometimes what has happened though, out in collaboration with us, we've helped groups set up Facebook groups. So it would be like fund funding tournament, AIDS foundation team. Um, and we saw that people were driving a lot of individuals to come join that Facebook group. And within that group was the play link to come and play. So this was a um, alternative approach of how we can collect those new users. Yeah. But, but in terms of fund funding platform itself, we there are some ideas that the product team are looking to do, uh, but we, we have not instantiated yet. I think it's great to keep these things in mind and understand how much time and energy has to go into the original investment from the charity to um, have that option to try to collect user data and think about things like GDPR regulations and who's storing what permissions and how you notify people of those permissions. That those are uh, expenses, as it were, to operating this, and it makes sense to kind of keep that level of investment down while you're providing people a fun and interesting way of starting the engagement with your mission and your charity. So let me just ask about uh, how long fun funding has been out there doing this work. Uh, I just learned about you for the first time a little while ago. I'm glad you reached out, but I was not aware of the work you were doing. So have you been out there for a while doing this or is this a newer effort? Uh, you could say newer effort. The idea has been around for some five plus years, um, but in terms of product development, it, it's been it's in its fourth iteration now. So um, it ha it has been going out. There's been tournaments going on consistently for the last like three to, to to five months, I would say. Prior to that, they were more case study programs to make sure that the platform was being designed properly in terms of how it was distributed. Um, it had a proper scoring component so that when we do bring in a new game, um, the scoring can translate to how scoring happens in already established game partners that we have. Um, so, so things like this took a little bit of time. Uh, making sure that it is very versatile and seamless was really important. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is fairly new. And um, some there is something unique about it where a lot of time people just get it really quick like like you had you how you did steve when we shared about it and that they're like has where where has this been why hasn't this been out here um so it's getting it's going quickly there's been a handful of um brands that are interested in even using this as more of like an employee engagement initiative so they can help get their staff and external stakeholders involved in how that brand is supporting charity which is really beautiful to see because mm, this is a whole different ecosystem that is shifting to be purpose-driven. And so now we can really take this opportunity of using games as a way to merge these worlds together. It's really exciting to think about how all that happens, but it does then raise the question of how do you cover your expenses at fund funding? Um, is your portion of this uh, part of the off the top from the sponsors or is there some other mechanism that helps you cover your bills so that you're able to provide this platform for the charities to use? 
Yeah, so so this is the model is that the the sponsors would are funding the expenses um, as well as those situations where we may work with a brand or a, sometimes an educational setting and create a private tournament. And so there would be monetization through setting up these uh, isolated campaigns. So for instance, there's a couple of universities such as Pace and Berkeley, to name a couple, that are looking to create campus-wide tournaments just for their students and staff. And so they would be having a fee to set up this tournament. Um, we may integrate messages of their school's purpose um, within the experience. So as you're playing, you may get pop-ups that are um, teaching you a little bit about Berkeley or Pace in these cases. Uh, and then same thing with some of the companies that want to run employee engagement, there's a certain fee that they would pay. And then so these fees are helping A, cover operations, and then B, provide additional revenue for when we do public tournaments. It's just a really interesting idea of how the bills get paid here, that if a nonprofit organization brings a sponsor that they have a connection with to the prize pool, that they would negotiate with you around uh, what your costs are, what's available for the prize pool, how that all gets divided to the charities, how all exactly. that works that are looking for charities that can engage, that they can see their audiences and talk with them about their mission work. It also could be that they come in and say they've got their one particular local company, XYZ sponsor, that really believes in their work and wants to invest in their mission, but they'd prefer to do that in a sponsorship mechanism rather than an out-and-out -out grant or, or other type of uh, charitable investment. And this really helps them provide that opportunity. But presumably, if there's going to be some negotiation with their particular person, you would be engaged in that work with them to figure out what those costs are going to be and, and how that happens. We likely would. But in that, with the nonprofit partner, we, we could work out some sort of revenue share, let's say, so that because they are the ones bringing in the sponsor, we make sure regardless of how well they perform that they are benefiting too. Um, because there is some kind of expense of getting that sponsor, of bringing that relationship. Um, so, so for me, it is really important to make sure that that's covered. I like how you called this, you know, fun funding, because I think that order is important because this is not going to be the thing that makes your charity's, you know, million dollar budget happen for them, right? Mm. You know, this is not going to be replacing United Way funding or bringing in, you know, loads and loads of cash right at the beginning. This is an engagement tool that brings people in in a fun way that helps, you know, provide another mechanism to engage people in the mission. Spot on. <laughs> As we look at that part of the mission, it's really important to understand what are we trying to do here? Is this just a fundraiser? Is it just a mechanism to raise money? Or are we trying to engage an audience that might not otherwise engage in the work that we're doing and expand the potential universe of people that we're talking to, as well as uh, engaging a really good feeling with those folks about the work that we do? I think we need to think about this in terms of this is a new way of engaging people differently, audiences where we don't currently have hooks, as it were, to reach them or have a conversation with them. 
more so than it is a fundraising thing? Because I don't imagine we're talking about being able to raise lots and lots of extra money through this particular tool. You're you're right on. And, and I mean, it has the potential to do that, especially because of the increase in like cause-related sponsorships we're seeing. But you are right in that it's leading with engagement. And because a lot of the time we, we in the nonprofit space are struggling how to engage people outside the ask for a donation or how to get them involved beyond their here and their in-person volunteerism. And this is a way to keep that relationship going, whether it's consciously or not, they'll remember that they were playing that fun game because of their nonprofit partner. Um, so yeah, we, we really lead with the fun and then that funding is like a, an extra benefit that comes with it, let's say. So it also associates that charity with this is a group thing that we all get together to do, which is fun, but it's um, a thing that we all have to get together and support, which I think is a great way to begin a relationship with a community-based organization to have this sense of community around the effort, that we all have to be together working towards this common goal. Yes, there's some fun around it, and there's competition, and there's some prizes, and all that's great, but that part of it is around extending mm. that. So now that we've done that once, right, right, there may be other ways that we can try and engage the community in that same sense of building forward on a mission, you know, all together kinds of things that really helps that their first relationship with the charity may have been in this very fun, a little bit competitive way, but it helps to have that beginning relationship with them that way. I think it's also important to recognize that the way we engage with audiences is just going to have to change. I mean, we're recording this in April of 2020, the coronavirus stuff being where it is. Uh, we don't know the outcome of what that will look like in the future. But we do need to think about how we can engage with audiences in different ways and different things rather than always having to be in person. And I think that this is a great way for people to engage with a mission without being in the same physical space. It's good to set the expectation of those first efforts to be in line with what the you know potential outcomes mm. are going to be. We don't want to expect that the first time we ever did our gala, we were going to get the same <laughs> money that we got on the 20th year of that gala, that these initial stages are important to start a little bit smaller, but that we can provide that opportunity for audiences to be engaged with our work in different ways. So rather than having to create that big in-person event, exactly. we maybe can start scaling towards these events that are not in-person, but can still build a sense of community, a sense of fun. I think similarly, it's important to understand that when we did do the in-person events, most of those don't make money right away, or maybe not even all that much later on, if you really look at the staff time that's engaged in them, that the purpose of those is to bring new audiences in to learn about the work, be excited about it, have a good time. And these virtual events can be taking that place right now as we're talking about how we do things differently in the future of fundraising and engagement with charities. So with that all said, how do you reach out to charities to introduce this idea? How do you help more nonprofit organizations discover this is an opportunity for them to reach out during this time? Yeah, so, so some different uh, avenues here. Sometimes it's through blog articles that we put out and share with new communities that are nonprofit oriented to help raise the awareness. Um, sometimes it's past nonprofit teams that have played that are inviting some of their organizational friends, let's say, um, to come and play. 
And other times it's just through people on social finding us and they're individuals who like playing games and like giving back. And so they kind of act as, let's say, brand ambassadors. And these things can be exponential. They build on themselves. Absolutely. So that is part of the idea is to launch the events, have people tell their friends about it, recruit their friends. That um, gives people the opportunity to say, I get it. I understand why this is so much fun and why it's engaging for me as a community supporter. So now I can spread the word to others that this is out there and, and we can participate in that. So if I am a charity and I'm thinking to myself, great, I had two events I was going to do this summer and we can't do those now. How do I think about working with fund funding or someone else to begin this process? Yeah, so on fundfunding.org, there's a form at the bottom that they could just fill out. And somebody, usually myself, will reach out to them and jump in a call and see, learn a little bit more about the organization, hear what some of those programs were and see which upcoming tournament makes the most sense. Um, additionally, because of the physical distancing going on currently, we've been having conversations of running weekly tournaments and so this is a model we haven't done yet but because of the understanding need of engagement especially since nobody's able to gather physically we're going to begin running these tournaments as a way just to keep momentum going and to keep bringing people to that cause um, so this is a really good time i guess i would say to to reach out and get involved in our public tournaments and then as you join one you can just mm, have them lay over and join the next one and, and keep jumping in. And as you play, what's really interesting is that um, you'll see that the organization itself doesn't really need to promote this or share this because the people who come and play, they're doing it for you. They just understand and they're engaged in the gameplay that the inviting a friend becomes part of the experience for them as well. And so they're being your brand ambassadors, just like we have for fun funding. <laughs> right. And I think it's good to acknowledge that with the initial slate of games, at least the ones that I've tried, that, uh, you know, there are some that I am better at than others, that's for sure. <laughs> and I think that it's a fun element of what you're doing that what you can't necessarily do with skill, you can kind of overwhelm with numbers. The more people you invite to play, the more community you bring in, the more successful your team, your effort, your side can be, even if not, no individual is particularly great at it. Yeah, and that actually, even if you did love playing, uh, it serves your team better by bringing in new players because at one individual can only beat so many levels, but if they have seven people each beating a level, now the score is really influencing, which at the end of the day translates to dollars for that charity. So this is really exciting for me, but I'm wondering where you see the roadmap for fund funding moving forward. Uh, I mean, you could be focusing on a few different things. You know, one of them could be just expanding the number of charities that are engaged in the platform mm. in the first place. Or you could be looking at, do we want to engage more uh, different types of games or installed games or, you know, other things that might have a different um, attraction to different players, different users. There's just lots of places I could see where you'd be going forward. So where do you uh, prioritize and what do you see as kind of a, a path to go uh, in that direction? 
Yeah, right now the focus is on more of that critical mass. So more bringing in teams right now with the HTML5 oriented games to get that large community together in order to increase the sponsorship um, dollars coming in. Once we do that, we can continue to support the charities that are coming and playing through these sponsors. And at that point, we can begin mm, some of these like partnership conversations with different game developers or if they're apps like a Headspace or Duolingo or Quizlet, um, we can begin working with them because those situations usually need some sort of technology license um, in order for it to integrate into our program. And so these just have a little bit more mm, lead way in order to have those things worked out. So for us right now, the immediate interest is how to bring in more nonprofits to help them with their engagement while also providing community to sponsors to come in and get involved in the tournaments. Yeah. I mean, that really makes sense. With so much potential out there, it's just always challenging to make a decision about which of these directions do you go first. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the broader audience that you can bring to the table, the more sponsors will be interested in it, the more it's attractive for charities to participate. That certainly makes a lot of sense for that being the place to begin. I mean, it's a very interesting world to be in right now for your work because, you know, with things like professional sports off the table for the foreseeable future, it's interesting to th see where might some of those sponsors that used to invest in that would go with their revenue, uh, where those audiences might go for entertainment. I mean, this singular moment in time really gives you something to work with to make decisions about how you grow and, and get to that scale that you might want to. And for me too, because the sponsorship model even allows this brand to increase their like cause related contribution because they're treating it like a marketing spend. And yet it's supporting charity where normally their philanthropy dollars or their um, tax write-off money is like 1% or less. Whereas these marketing budgets are usually the largest part of their expenses. And so they can use that pool of funds to do cause-related work, it's even a, a win for them. <laughs> right. I mean, absolutely can be. I think that the world is changing and we have to think about how those audiences will interact with sponsors, how sponsors are going to try to reach audiences. And that's just going to be a different m mode of how they mm -hmm. do that now. I mean, it may be a longer term shift that we're seeing here in the ways that people engage with this and how they think about changing that in the future. I think having some flexibility in around the thinking of how we engage with somebody regardless of the physical space that they can be in and that they can still feel good about, uh, you know, this is sort of a moment in time to rethink that. I mean, it may change the thinking on the sponsor side some too, where they might be willing to consider smaller dollar investments with charities where in the past, if we had gone to them and said, would you like to sponsor our gala? They may have said, well, you know, we just spent our entire year's budget on the major league sports team. So <laughs> that cost us all the money we had. And now we, we don't have any left to invest in these community-based efforts, but that, you know, that may no longer be the case. So we're just about out of time. I'm wondering if you have just a few other things you want to touch on before we wrap up. No, no, I think this has been beautiful. And uh, I think you too, Steve, you're like a really good example of somebody that can help 
see the potential of this and understand its various applications. So I, I really appreciate your your added dialogue here. I guess just for next steps to carry on with the nonprofits to just remember fundfunding.org um, and then fill out a contact form there. You're welcome to find me specifically on the internet, whether it's LinkedIn or my personal site, just Corey Harnish, C-O-R-E-Y-H-A-R-N-I-S-H. And we can connect this way, but mm, I think it, I think it's really important whether with fund funding or not that we do help mobilize communities to come together around the cause. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just dollars. There's other ways that we can create that engagement and then the dollars will come later on. So one point you really made earlier, and I'll close here, Steve, is that it's like the events are meant to help form the relationships. And this is how you have a community. Once you have a community, you can really do the work you need to do. But uh, without treating these individuals like people, it's going to be really hard to keep them a part of your mission. Outstanding last thoughts. So Corey Harness, partner at Fund Funding, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely, Steve. It was a pleasure and I look forward to what's to come.